Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, who was the strange woman seemingly from another time lingering by the waterfront? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is, 855-853-4802. Is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us? Of course, you can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com or email your audio file. Send it to Tony, T O N Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. And of course, if you enjoy the program and you'd like to help support the program and keep it on the air, and in exchange for your support, we'll get you hooked up with bonus episodes every single week, brand new ones, and access to our archive of almost 400 bonus episodes now. You also get access to our advanced episodes uh, and our archive of episodes, which is in the thousands. It's quite literally the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. All of it, no ads, no commercials. It's all there for you. Five bucks a month to sign up at uh, patreon.com slash real ghost stories or go to ghostpodcast.com to get hooked up with all of that. And we thank you in advance for your support and keeping us on the air. It's Tony and Todd with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Uh, I was uh, kind of interested in getting your take on something because mm-hmm. I think we're both fans of this uh, this film series, but The Conjuring 3 mm-hmm. is coming out. Are you excited? I, I am, and I know it's out, and I just saw it the other day. Uh, I didn't see the movie, but I saw it was listed on HBO uh, to watch, okay. and I've been, I'm curious to watch it. Have you, have you seen this yet? I haven't. I, I'm a big fan of The Conjuring. Conjuring 2 is very good. Mm-hmm. So I, I went online. I know that there were some other things that were kind of um, mixed into the whole series. Uh-huh. But I didn't realize this is actually like film number eight in the series. Yes, it is. Because there's like Annabelle, which I really didn't care for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annabelle Creation, The Nun, mm-hmm. The Curse of La Lenora. yes. That Annabelle comes. Yeah, what is that one about? Now? I didn't even know it existed until the other day. Um, and then someone's like, "Hey, let's watch that one." And I haven't seen it. I'm supposed to watch it this week. We'll see. Uh, and I don't know because that's a foreign film, so I don't know if it's like all subtitles or what. But I'm kind of curious. I hate subtitle movies, so I'll probably not watch it in its entirety if it is. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't even know that one was out um, or it existed. But yeah, there's I, there's a ton of movies in this series. But I'm really looking forward to this one only because, again, it uh, is loosely based on the the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine Warren, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and a case that they had back in 1981. So you take me back to like the 70s or 80s. I'm all about the films. And I love it. This one is based not too far from where we're from, isn't it? This one based like near Milwaukee, where this happened. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I I'm very curious, and I um. I, I, I respect the work of Ed and Lorraine Warren and all that. Uh, a listener sent me an article this weekend, um, and it kind of creeped me out in a non-ghostly way. Um, okay. But have you read the allegations about Ed's um, living girlfriend? Um, I hadn't. I don't know a lot about it. Yeah. But there was a little bit of creepiness that I had heard about. Yeah. Um, in the past. It's an allegation. 
I don't, I mean, I think it was, again, these, it's an allegation. I believe it was like found in like a court transcript or something of like sworn testimony or something. And if true, it's pretty fucked up. Um, cause the, I mean, the allegation is that like he had like a 15 year old living in the mm. house with them for like 30 some years. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, I, again, I wasn't there. I don't know if it's true. It kind of taints a lot of stuff for me where it's like, really, really? This is, I don't know. I mean, and I'm curious cause I'm friends with a lot of the people that are, are, were close to them when alive. Um, and it's like, do I ever bring this up in an interview? Because <laughs> I don't want to be offensive, but it's like it's kind of out there and people are talking about it, especially with the new movie. It's being brought up uh, a little bit more. And it's like I, I, I'm curious because I'd like I mean, I guess selfishly, I'd like the record to be set straight in a way that will be happy for everybody. But if that's not the case, I mean, I don't want somebody just to make shit up and lie about it either. So well, I and that's the thing. Maybe we maybe we'll never get the full story anyway. I yeah. mean, who knows when it comes to that kind of stuff? Now, you know, you can look at somebody and say, well, um, nobody's perfect. I mean, they could dig shit up on everybody if they wanted to. But sure. in this case, because you're talking about somebody that young and then then my mind went to, well, what about Lorraine? Yeah. Like, where was her thought process? How did this make her feel? Was she involved? Was she okay with it? And it's like, yeah, uh, that's you know. where it, yeah, it, it, it kind of, it makes me start going, this is weird. Like the whole thing is weird. And it, because it, like, there's a way that they were portrayed and they portrayed themselves forever. And if that's part of the reality, it's like, well, it's kind of like a weird lie you're living. If, if this was part of the dynamic, I mean, the, I mean, it's what, I mean, it's one thing if they were all consenting adults or something, but the part where it's like, there was a young child, like that's where it gets like, this is fucked up. Mm -hmm. But again, it's allegations. I don't know. I don't, you know, I wasn't there. I mean, they certainly did a lot of good work and paved the way for so many things in this industry. Um, but it's, I, as uncomfortable as it would be, I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear somebody in that circle say something out loud about it, whether it's, you know, yeah, it's fucked up. We, you know, we didn't know about it. We were, you know, not there at the time, you know, but or it's a big fucking lie. And because people, you know, because the way it was brought out and way it was put into public was someone who was kind of scorned with the move. One of the original movies, they didn't agree on some sort of contractual thing. And then they brought this into the public light. But so it's like, well, is this somebody who's mad and angry and just throwing this out there? Or is there some legitimacy to it? I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Right. I kind of I kind of wish we did live in the 70s and 80s because all the dark stuff people did, you never found out about. <laughs> exactly. You could just you could know what they were, uh, what they were on the TV. And that's all you cared about at that point. I you know? know. I wonder the same thing about things like this, especially when it um, beyond that whole allegation. But on the other show, Dark Side of Wikipedia, where we talk about the serial killers and all the shit that they it, it's shocking how much people could get away with for for such long periods of time yeah and it's like but today i'm like i don't know that we are going to see rounds of serial killers like this existing ever again uh at like your you know your uh, ted bundy's and things like that because I, I they would be caught too quickly there's too many things that one would not be able to get away with. I mean, you you commit a crime and then the police can just go down the road and go, uh, can I see your doorbell camera to see if that car drove down this road? Right. It's not just like, did the gas station have a security camera? It's like every fucking house has a security camera. I mean, hell, my house right. is like eight. And it's, it's one of those things where 
you know, I think it's a hell of a lot more difficult to commit a a series of heinous crimes and get away with it. Maybe you can pull off one, but the series that people used to be able to do, I mean, there just was no. I mean, it was easy. I think. I think it would have been a lot easier to get away with things. So uh, I agree. And and in a way, you know, part of part of me again, nostalgia is like, oh, those were the good old days of serial killers and, <laughs> and big stories of weird stuff. Yeah. And now we can't have that anymore because, like you said, everybody's got a, a doorbell that can see what's going on. I in know. Their world. It's like, were those the good old days? I don't know. I mean, it's just it's it's all perspective and it's weird. Right. I mean, now people go to online and commit their crimes, I guess, because no, but even that's super traceable. That, this is where you got like, you know, the Duggars and shit like that, where it's like, oh, my God, what the fuck? God, people are just messed up can we not ever go outside ever again <laughs> no and the the duggers have been an ongoing topic on dark side of wikipedia Jeez. because that that happened in my county here and it's it's fucked up because um i carol who uh co-hosts this show and the other one um she got the address of like where he because he got released on bond and right. she just looked up the name of the people where the family friend that he was released to. And you know where they fucking live? Right behind a where? goddamn Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and because and I, I know where it is because she sent me the address. So I Googled it and I'm like, oh, my God, there's a fucking Chuck E. Cheese right like behind their fence. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, this could not be worse. Like in a movie theater. And it's like, oh, my God. So, yeah, um, <laughs> it's like there's reasons I don't leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, at any rate, I'm looking forward to the movie, at least. Exactly. So we'll see how that goes. The, the, uh, the Conjuring or the Duggar movie, which will come out someday. <laughs> <laughs> I might pass on that one, to be honest with you. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Get Real Ghost Stories online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first story. It says, hey, guys, my name is Matt, and I now live in the Kansas City area. When I was about nine or ten years old, I spent the summer with my grandparents on their 200-acre farm in Chickamauga, Georgia. My grandparents lived in a big farmhouse beneath a massive oak tree. One night, I was sitting at the base of this oak tree with a friend talking. Across the driveway from where we sat was a barbed wire fence, and beyond that, a field. At the bottom of the field was a spring-fed pond. The moon was exceptionally low and bright that night, so I could see very well. As we sat there talking, I noticed movement off in the distance down by the pond. I watched for a moment and soon realized that there was someone down there. Intrigued as to why there was someone hanging out by the pond this time of night, I watched. The person seemed to be kneeling at the water's edge and after a moment stood up and began slowly walking up the hill from the pond towards us. As the person came near, I could tell it was a young lady, I would say in her mid to late teens, wearing a long white nightgown and a white nightcap. She had long sandy brown hair hanging from underneath the nightcap. She was pale, but not so much that she seemed unnatural. She was carrying two wooden water pails, each hanging from one end of a carrying pole she was carrying over her shoulders. Her arms were outstretched, steadying the ends of the pole, and as she walked, she looked down as if she were cautiously watching her step as she walked. She slowly walked closer and closer until she was just beyond the driveway and fence from my friend and me. I had the impression she was unaware of me and my friend, she never looked our way or acknowledged us in any way. Neither of us were scared at this point either, simply curious about who this young lady was and what she was doing at my grandparents' farm. I was just about to ask who she was when she began to fade into a mist and walk straight through the barbed wire fence. She continued to fade as she walked across the driveway and had completely vanished by the time 
She reached the other side, not 15 feet from where we were sitting. The hair stood up on the back of my neck and chills went down my spine. I was completely frozen. I turned to my friend, unable to speak, believing I was seeing things until I noticed my friend was visibly as shocked and terrified as me. And my friend asked, did you see that? We jumped up and bolted as fast as we could to my grandparents' house, which ironically seemed to be where this young ghost lady had been heading herself. We told my grandparents, who I'm sure did not believe us, and brushed us off. I do not know the history of the farm or the old farmhouse before my grandparents bought it, but I think this was a ghost of a young lady who may have lived in the house before going down to the spring to fill up pails of water and bringing them back to the house. I've had a few other experiences when I was younger that I may write in about in the future. I've seen glowing red eyes that filled me with a sense of terror and floating pulsating orbs of light, but this was the only full-bodied apparition. I hope to hear my story on your podcast and hear your take on the experience. Matt, thoughts on that one? Well, it's Georgia, so anything's possible. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> True. I, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, it sounds to me like residual energy. This uh, this person likely lived in that house, and uh, you know, on a daily basis, probably went down to that pond mm -hmm. and and got water for the farm. Mm -hmm. I, I, in a situation like that, I mean, the questions that come to mind from someone like me is like, okay, what's the history on the house? Was there a family there? Was there a young girl? Blah 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 blah. Um, you know, and then is this something that happened nightly? Did it happen weekly, like only on Wednesday nights? Or did it happen once a month or once a year? I mean, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, oh, I want more details. I want more information on it. But it certainly sounds like they saw some sort of energy that probably was residual. Yeah, it didn't seem to recognize them at all. It just kind of was doing its thing. And it makes you right. wonder, it's, you know, it's the, you know, does the tree make a sound in the woods if it falls and no one's there? How often is this apparition, is the spirit, you know, showing itself like that? They just happen to catch it that moment in time. But I wonder how often this thing happens and, and no one's there to witness it. Right. And if it's a specific incident that happened, maybe one time she got back to the house with the water and there was a horrific accident and she died. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it happens on that one day every year at that time of night. I mean, who knows? It's yeah. it's a, it's an interesting thought process, but how creepy would that be to be outside and see that happen? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> as much as I enjoyed the ghost stories, it, it's something I... I don't, I don't know. I, part of me is like, I want to see something like that, but it's more like I want it on my terms. Like if I were someplace investigating or messing around and kind of, you know, asking questions and something happened, okay, I'm kind of more prepared and in a mindset to have that happen. But if it were just outside chilling and all of a sudden I see it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to be an unexpected experience, I guess. Yeah. And I just go back to, I would rather see that and be scared to death then deal with, you know, some of the people that walk the earth as humans. So yeah. like I, I would take that experience over like having to go shopping at a big box store most days. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% agree. I was at uh, I was at the Walmart the other day and we got like 50 yeah. of them here because Walmart is headquartered here. And I'm really I'm not super anti Walmart uh, anymore. I mean, they in my area because this is where they're from they really do a ton for this community and put so much money into the area. So 
I'm kind of a fan, uh, and we have some really nicer ones. But, you know, of course, no matter where you're at, there's going to not be the loveliest of human beings. Um, and that can be any store. But, um, right. you know, Walmart does tend to attract a few more. Uh, and I, we were walking around, picking up a few things, and there's this woman screaming at her children and the kids are screaming back at her and it's like you don't fucking meet the kid on the same level of freak outness and expect them to calm down they're just going to keep amping it back and forth and she keeps and she's yelling and you can hear this like aisles away and nobody's doing anything nobody i'm like all right fuck this so i walked over that way and i said I'm like ma'am you need to get yourself under control I need to get myself under control. Yes, you're the adult. Those are children. You need to understand how to be a parent. And I walked away. And she's like, bah, bah, bah. and then she she did kind of calm it down. But I don't know what the fuck she was even like. Part of me is like, is she doing this like to, to get attention? Is she kind of that narcissistic personality that's like, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing as long as people are looking at you. It's right. good. And that's probably what it was. I mean, I could look at her and kind of profile her. She had, you know, 50 different colors in her hair and she's got like three kids hanging off the cart and they're all out of control. And it's like, this is not the greatest of decision makers that we're dealing with here. And I know me scolding her on Walmart's not going to make her a better parent, but it was just like, oh, I feel horrible for these kids because they're fucked. I mean, there's unless the best thing that could happen to those kids is that mother goes away and they're they're put into a home that cares about them. But, you know, that doesn't usually happen. I give you credit for opening your mouth because I'm the cat. To, to, <laughs> I'm the one shopping really fast, mm -hmm. pushing my cart even faster and talking to myself the entire way. Can you believe she's doing that? I can't believe it. This is why I don't like coming here. My God, yeah. where's that stuff I need to get? I got to get a, that would be me getting as far away from the situation as possible. So I, having kids kind of changed that part of me. If it was just like two adults going at it, I don't give a shit. But right. when there's a kid involved now, it's like, you got to like do something. Cause it's like, what the fuck? This is not okay. But and not that I'm going to change the world with that or change her even, but at least it's like those kids maybe won't, you know, get hit in the fucking Walmart. It'll happen in the fucking, you know, in the minivan on the way home. But it's just it's fucked up. I hate people. <laughs> well, and that's why I said bring on the ghost walk into the farm with the uh, water. Bring exactly. it on. I'm, I'm all for that. Exactly. We uh, we went to uh, a battlefield here yesterday and I was Ooh. playing with a, uh, a ghost app. And I'll talk about that after this next story, because I got some really interesting um, things that came through Um uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Uh, next uh, story says, first and foremost, you need to know that my father passed away when I was four years old and I have very few memories of him. We never discussed him uh, much as I assumed that it would have made my mother sad. As a young girl, I always had a fascination with the paranormal and histories, mysteries, UFOs and the unexplained. My mother would roll her eyes and tell me there's no such thing as ghosts and such. Fast forward to high school. My sister and I shared a bedroom in a 50s-style ranch home. Her bed was along the interior wall by the hallway, and my bed was along the exterior outside wall. Across the house was a 50s-era closet double door with old wooden slider doors. For me to exit the room, I had to walk across the full room to the bedroom door. There uh, can be a period for me when I started to become nervous in our room at night. At first, I could not explain it, but the feeling grew. I began to sense a presence in her closet. It seems to me that it was the far left corner closest to the exterior wall, which would put out, uh, put it feet from the end of, or feet from the end of my bed. 
It was there for several weeks and more. I thought about it. The stronger feelings, the stronger it got to the point that I thought I could almost picture it. I'd see my, my, in my mind a young man very rough and straggly. Long, dirty black hair and wearing a green army-style coat in his hands. I saw a knife. Really, at this point, I was certain that my imagination was getting the better of me. I was dreaming the whole thing up. The feeling would get so strong that once we were in bed for the night and the lights were out, there was no way I was going to get out of my bed and walk across the room. I was getting so bad that even though at times I would need to get to the bathroom, I would not be able to get the courage to leave my bed. About this time, I began to sense the second presence, and it would hover about the ceiling near the closet doors. This went on for a little bit. The night, one night, I uh, really had to get up and use the bathroom. I did not want to, but I did. And coming back to my room, I got very frightened. As soon as I re-entered my room and closed the door, I became pinned to the door. That's the only way I can describe it. It felt as if there was a heavy weight or mass pressing me back against the door. I was unable to move forward at all. I truly felt as if whatever had been in the closet had come out and it had pinned me to the door. I could sense the other presence in the room, as well as for some reason, as prior to this, I had never put an identity to that presence. I whispered with what the little courage I had left and said, Daddy, please help. As soon as I did, the weight lifted and I was able to get back to my bed under the covers. Over the next few days, the dark presence in the closet faded away. And what I now thought of as my father hung about for a bit longer and then was gone. I did finally mention it to my mother, who thought it was just my imagination, as her belief was that if the afterlife were really were real, our loved ones could come back, and then they would have come back to her at some point. About a month later, I was babysitting, and I was driving home late, alone. I had to take a different route home due to some storm damage, and was on a stretch of road I did not know very well. I was extremely nervous and uncomfortable. I thought back to my dad and thought, it couldn't hurt. So I called out again and asked him to help keep me safe on the road. I immediately got a feeling of not being alone. It felt as there was something in the back seat. I was not afraid of it. It was still a bit disconcerting to have that feeling of not being alone. And there was no way I was going to look in the rearview mirror. As soon as I was off that portion of the road and back on the road, I knew again the feeling went away. I whispered a thank you to my father. I never told my mother that one. Since then, my mother has heard stories from her sister about the hauntings she was having in her home. My mother opened the idea of ghosts. So we now discuss things more openly. Well, she has a hard time thinking my dad never came to her. She no longer thinks it could not have happened. To date, I've been on investigations and have had interesting things occur, but this is one that I will never forget. Thoughts there? Um... It has never happened to me that I know of. I, I, I won't say it never. Um, I was in a, a situation where I went to a, um, a, sh a Catholic shrine, mm -hmm. um, which is something I would never do in my life. Um, mm -hmm. Not because I have anything against them, but it's just not something that I would do. But I, I went with a friend and I had an experience uh, and my mom came to me at that point after she had passed away. So the, the reaching out to a past loved one for help mm -hmm. or... Um, clarification on stuff has not happened to me, but my sisters stand by at 110%. Really? And, and neither one of them, yeah, neither one of them earlier in life would have believed that could be the case. But if they're in a situation where they need assistance or guidance in life, mm -hmm. they will ask my mother and they stand by it that she comes to them and helps them through those situations. So, That's cool. 
the uh, the part in the story where there was almost a paralysis experience, but it certainly yeah. wasn't sleep paralysis because they were standing up and feeling uh, that would be terrifying. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, you can almost kind of, you know, in your mind, write it off a little bit as maybe sleep paralysis if you're in bed. But if you're like walking around and you get paralyzed, that I think would be terrifying, even even more so than just being in bed. Yeah, and and she was seeing this energy and it having you know the dirty long hair and the the yeah. army jacket and the knife and all that kind of stuff to actually kind of visualize what's there too is is rather spooky. Yeah. I wonder if there was any connection between that energy or that person that may have once been yeah and her father at some point in life yeah um, and, and so maybe her father kind of knew something's not right with this guy and my daughter and you know was there to kind of help her out. But it's it's interesting that she saw it that clearly. Yeah. I remember I had a bus driver that was like that once. <laughs> like what? <laughs> the dirty long hair carrying a knife oh. dressed in like fatigues. And he was like, he was a substitute bus driver. And I remember it. And this is, you know, 90. I was working at the station because I had to tell him to stop at uh, Maine and Western. to Because to, I, I used to get dropped off at the bus at the radio station that's right that's right and i remember um i was it was like junior high i think and it, this would never fly today but he was you know i don't know if he was a veteran or whatnot but he he clearly had some issues going on like anger issues because we're all sitting on the bus ready to go and he gets up and he just starts like shouting at everybody how everyone has to behave and he's got a giant fucking like gonna you know uh, fillet a human knife on this side <laughs> and and he's just it's like oh my god this guy's gonna kill us all and it was scary as shit and then it was like coming up to the radio station and i'm like um sir i i get dropped off here this isn't your stop i'm like no it is every day my normal bus driver does it please just let me off here and uh he's like sit down and i remember we were stopped at the light and I just got up and I pushed the door open, the you know, like the, oh my the handle, God. and I got out. And then I saw you like three minutes later. I probably told you the story twenty some years ago when this happened. You probably don't remember, I'm sure, but I do remember the bus driver. I remember stories about him. Yeah, and I was like, it was that guy. Um, but I then I you know I walked in and you were there right away. But that was fucking scary as shit. Again, there's another thing that would never happen today because there's cameras on buses, oh so the God. bus driver would never you know act like. That. Oh my God! And every kid would have a camera filming this. And it would be, yes. I mean, it'd be on Dateline, you know, the next day if that fucking happened. But, oh, the adventures of bus drivers. So I was um, uh, at, uh, there's a battlefield here in town uh, in uh, Prairie Grove, which had a horrible battle at uh, in the, the Civil War. 3,000 some people died. Uh, and now it's this beautiful scenic park that you can go walk around and have a picnic in, which we did. We had a little subway, you know, where people died because uh, that's what you do. And right. uh, and so we're walking around and I, I didn't bring any of my um, good ghost hunting equipment. I just um, I, I used two apps on my phone that I kind of like and um, walked around. And I did kind of the the is one of them is kind of like an ovalist type thing. It's called yep. uh, Ghost Detector, and there's a gazillion of these, but this is like a good one. I did my research on who made it and who, who recommended it, and so I'm walking around and I just started kind of asking some questions, and I'm like, "What? Um, uh, like, hey, you know, uh, you know, coming here in peace. I'm just curious if if anyone's here." Um, can you tell me about, um, about this land where you're at? Like, what, what are your feelings on, on what, what went on here? What's going on here? And I get the words survival. 
I get the words cross and I get the words mutilate <laughs> that Ooh. come through pretty, pretty specific to the area because that's all, you know, those sort of things that that would have happened there. Um, right. And I've used this app in other places, too. And it doesn't just like spit out crazy, you know, creepy, crazy, extreme words like normally it's like little, you know size consider just words that really it's like well does this you know doesn't really mean a whole hell of a lot but right. those were like it was weird like just how um how pertinent to the area they seemed to be and this is the same place where a couple of months back i actually got the shadow people on camera where i had uh what yeah i did i ever send you that no i'll i'll find it and send it to you um i i Put a cell phone camera because there's these old buildings that have been they were relocated from a different area and they they put them here. They're like wood, uh, almost like cabin looking buildings. But one was a church and one was a school, um, but they are original buildings to the area. And underneath them is kind of like this crawl space thing. But there's like a vent that you can see into the crawl space area. So I set my camera um, looking into the vent area. And there's enough light that comes through that you can kind of see, you know, the gravel and some of the poles and stuff that are holding the building up, the foundation. And uh, inside of this area, um, I caught two shadows moving across the camera, across the screen, very distinctly. And, you know, in in that time, too, there was also because it just it sits with nothing for a little bit. And then there's I don't want to say orb, but, you know, sometimes there seems to be almost dust becomes far more visible than it normally is. And I saw like a little bit of dust moving and you could just say it's dust. But then right after that shadow, shadow moving left or right across the screen and there's nothing down there and there's nothing that would have been from the outside that would project the shadow into that area. So it was creepy. I put it on um, YouTube a while back and then it's actually been picked up by several people that, you know, basically rip off everybody else's videos and do compilations. Um, but it's uh, it was interesting. I It was interesting to see uh, that and uh, kind of get those those words coming across on the app. So what do you what do you like? What's your response to that? You know, the app is one thing mm-hmm. because, I you know, that could be something or it could not be something. Sure. Um, but you've got that and then you've got this experience when this experience happened and you saw it, did you see it happen or did you see it after you watched it? I saw it after I watched it. Okay. So you, you picked up the camera, you walked away, whatever you did, you had ice cream and subway and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you saw it. So what's your, like, what happens to your, what's your feelings after that? I wasn't surprised. I I was, um, I mean, I I don't do a lot of that. So it, it was I guess I was I was I was not surprised that that happened. I guess I was surprised that I caught it just for like not having hours and hours and hours of footage. And I, you know, taped for 60 seconds and I got something. But I in an area like that, I'm not surprised if I was doing that in my backyard. Yes, I would be surprised. But the fact that 3000 people died on this plot of land. Right. You think your odds are pretty good that shit's going to happen there or you're going to get something that's going to pick up um, in that uh, in that area. So, I mean, it, it was cool. It was interesting. It, you know, uh, it, it's an area that's certainly, it's heavy. You know, I'm not super sensitive, but you can feel it. It's just kind of off, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But, 
I want to. There's there's an apple orchard there um, behind. Um, it's funny. There's a house called the Borden House, and it's not Lizzie Borden, but it's a, the Borden House, and um, it was uh, burned to the ground uh, in the the battle. The family rebuilt it in the exact same spot, and it still stands. And behind it is an apple orchard that's always been there as well. Um, and the city, you can go there. Anyone can just go and p- take apples, pick apples. It's free to do. And I want to get. Um, I want to go get some apples and and take the seeds because I want to grow some of those apple trees in my yard from that battlefield. Would that have anything connected to it? Getting apples that, you know, they listen, it, it's originally from the area. Listen, I mean, I would not put it past it. I really wouldn't. Yeah, that's that's a whole nature thing. And, and um, ghosts and energy and all that is is part of nature and all that, too. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if there was something, you know, connected the trees Down grow the really well there. There's a lot of fertilization in the soil. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> That'd be an interesting. That, that could be there. That right there is a business. I could sell haunted apple seeds. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know that you're always up for scheming stuff, so go for it. I think that'd be great. People can sell haunted dolls. I'm going to sell haunted apple seeds. That'd be great. Fun Good little Lord. logo of people dying in war and there's an apple. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's do one more call before we wrap it up for the day. Hi. Hey, Tony. This is Yvonne. You probably remember me from my story for the Grave Talks about my Marysville house. And now I'm calling with my granddaughter, Thea. Say hi, Thea. Um, Because our new house has had some activity, I thought you might like to hear about Back on November 26th, two years ago, my husband and I, my husband is a lot older than me. He's in the elderly category. Um, We came home and he went back to the back of our house to the bathroom. And as elderly people do, it takes a long time back there. A couple of minutes after we came back, um, I sat in my chair. I was sitting in my chair by then and my grandchildren came in including my then four-year-old granddaughter she had just turned four the day before and um, it was still light outside and I had the TV on I was watching TV she was standing at the end of my recliner looking out the uh, the big bay window that we have it's a five pane big bay window in the living room I was sitting watching TV and I thought I caught motion out of the corner of my eye in the window. And I looked over and I saw a the reflection of the TV and at first I thought that's what I had seen move until I watched a figure, a male figure, elderly, walk across the last pane of the window where there was no reflection from the TV. And I looked at my granddaughter, and she started to move toward the window. Do you want to tell what you saw? And then I, I saw it, and then I thought it was just Grandpa walking. Then my grandma said, no, Grandpa's in the back, back bathroom. And so I thought it was just a man that was walking in my yard. And then I... It had a hat like my grandpa, and I didn't know if it had a stripe. And then I was like, "What? what is that? And then I thought it was Maggie just doing this. Then I could, I said, I, I, I thought that, I 
I, I, and then I remembered, I, I, I saw through him, cause at first I didn't see him, but then he slowly, he disappeared through the fifth window, and he started before he disappeared through the fifth window. Oh, oh, he was starting to get clearer, and then the next day, me and Bobby went out, and then and went to find out where he was, but then we were like, what? And then I thought that it was a ghost. She actually saw him walk all the way across the five windows where I only saw him when I caught movement out of my eye and then crossed the fifth window. And she started to run for him and I told her that's not Papa. She had yelled Papa and I said, that's not Papa. And she turned around and it was very clear at that point that she understood she saw something that was not of this world. Her face had such a look of fear on it. And she ran back to me and was uh, upset about what she had seen. And then I was scared and shaking. When you first saw him, Thea, did you see, were you able to see what he was wearing in that first window? No. On the fifth window, I saw the stripes side to side and up and down. In his shirt? Yeah, me too. I saw a blue shirt by then. But when, what did he look like when you saw him in the first window? Like, he was just a black shadow with a hat. Oh, and that's really interesting. It was just a black shadow. And then it started to disappear. And move into, like, in, the guy I saw in the last window, like what you saw, the yeah. guy with the striped shirt. Could you see through him at that point? Yeah. By the end, but not at the beginning? Yeah. In the middle, I started to see through him, and then the last two I saw through him. But I could still see him. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. In well, that's our story, and we hope you and Harper like it. And I have more like that. My grandson has also seen uh, that same man here. Um, and just let us know. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I don't think you're going to get any more of an authentic account than that. She's cute. Yeah. Um, Boy, you know, that begs to question so many things. You know, obviously there's something going on there. Uh, was it somebody from the past? I have also had some thoughts on our own energies being left behind, even while we're alive. Like, mm-hmm. <sighs> It just seems like it could be natural if this is a place that they lived for, let's say, quite a while. And that was a place that grandpa walked every day or whatever. Is it possible that his energy is already becoming residual, Mm -hmm. doing residual things that we may not normally see on a daily basis, but every once in a while it pops out? I kind of wonder about that. Exactly. Why do you have to, if if residual energy is there and this is something that is, is, is what it is, it's just a repetition of energy. Why do you have to be dead for it to be there? I mean, wouldn't it just be, 
you you left your imprint there and you could have moved to another house and why why would your energy suddenly zap itself back to a place 30 years after you lived there just because you died 200 miles away right. I, I, we're, we're expelling energy like all the time it's yeah. what we do so I would say that there's no reason why, even when we're alive, that we can't have things going on around us that we created yep. that just kind of do their thing. And and that it almost sounds like that way to me of what's going on. The the child, Thea, saw her grandfather's hat. She thought it was her grandfather. Yep. Maybe it was part of his energy. I think we are haunting ourselves far Could more be. than we realize. Because I, I, I think that the thought has always been so much and ingrained in us. It's dead. It's the dead. It's the dead. Or it's demons. It's angels. Whatever. I think more often than not, we are haunting ourselves and we don't even know it. And we're haunting each other and we don't even know it. And we're thinking, we, but we're always assigning it to being, it's the dead, it's the dead. I don't think so. I, I mean, I think in some cases, yes, but I, I think there's a far higher frequency of, especially when it's not even necessarily you're you know, seeing a full-blown apparition, but just things right. get moved, things get changed, things get manipulated, and we didn't necessarily do that. I think sometimes it's just our energy doing those things, and it's something that we don't understand. We don't know how it happens or why it happens, but it happens, and maybe we'll have a better understanding of that at some point in time, and that can be proven. But I, I think that that's going to be an area as people investigate this stuff more that we're going to hear a lot more about as being the culprit and the reason uh, for unexplained things going on, it's our energy. It's just us doing this to ourselves uh, in an unconscious way. Right. But creepy story. Right. Thank you for calling in or thank you for recording that and uh, and giving us those accounts. Uh, we do greatly, greatly appreciate it. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person and EPP. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories and help keep us on the air. Until next time, for Todd, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.